See Sweet and Sour, powered by Align, the podcast where we talk about the sweet and not-so-sweet sides of leadership. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to See Sweet and Sour. If this is your first time, just welcome, I guess. I am very, very lucky to have here with me Lindsay Fine. Lindsay, how are you today? I am great. Glad to be here. Yes, thank you so much for coming. I will get into your bio and then we'll start chatting. Lindsay Fine has over 15 years of experience in the B2B SaaS space. Throughout her career, she's held key roles in inside and outside sales, business development, and team development for some of the most well-known companies in the industry, including Salesforce, Amazon, Meta, and Dropbox. I don't think you could have put any any other company there that... (laughs) Incredible, incredible, incredible resume. Her intensive experience has given her a deep understanding of the SaaS landscape and what it takes to drive revenue growth and build successful teams. Her leadership style is characterized by empathy, kindness, and a genuine desire to help others succeed. She has a unique ability to build strong connections with people and create an environment where everyone feels valued and supported. Incredibly important. Whether she's working with internal stakeholders or external clients, Lindsay always brings a sense of compassion and understanding to the table. She's passionate about empowering others to become the best versions of themselves and creating a culture of collaboration, growth, and innovation. Amazing. I, 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 love, I love this bio. I, I mentioned before, before we start, what I usually do is I you know, read the bio to, the, to our guests and say, yeah, we, we should cut it or not. I decided, we, we decided not to, both me and the producer Haley, for those who don't know Haley, She's in, she's in the background. I, we didn't want to, it's, this is, this is a good bio. And, and right off of that, Lindsay, for those out there who, you know, maybe don't know your, your, your path and how it just started, maybe tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of random. I, I started back in the Bay, but I'll start with saying that I went to school for hotel and restaurant management, which I'm clearly using today. But my first job out of college landed me out in the Bay and I was working at a golf resort where I was basically setting up meetings for Silicon Valley companies, offsites and retreats. And it's really interesting when I look back at that time, because I was 22 and going and meeting with big VPs of Oracle, Salesforce, all of the the Silicon Valley companies and and getting in front of them and asking them to come and, and book a retreat at my resort. And what that quickly turned into is, you know, an opportunity to break into tech sales. And I know this is something I've seen a lot of today is like people are figuring out or trying to figure out how they break in. I had a great relationship with my, my contact at Salesforce and, you know, I was early in my career and, you know, one day he just said like, don't you want to be in tech? Like you're living in the Bay. I was actually commuting from San Francisco down to South of San Jose. It was an hour and 15 minutes one way every single day. And to this day, I don't know how I did it, but I did it. And, you know, so this opportunity came up and it it really shaped my career and I'm incredibly grateful and and fortunate for that opportunity. So yeah. So he's like, you want to be in tech? And I said, yeah, that sounds fun. Sure. And so I went to work for Salesforce when Salesforce was about 1200 people globally and started my career there. And as you, as you had called out before, have had the opportunity, opportunity to work for some really incredible companies yeah. helping to grow and, and scale their, their sales teams. 
you you actually mentioned something interesting in our in our pre-call about a little story, a Cornell story. You want to uh, yeah. kind of yes, I'm sure the, the audience would love to hear this. Yeah, so let's go back. So just to kind of talk about where I come from, I think it's always really important to to reflect on that too and like what brought you to where you were. I grew up in a, a small town in Texas outside of Austin. Georgetown is is the name of the town and in, and if you want to kind of get a visual of that, it is basically well, where Varsity Blues was filmed. And <laughs> that's what I went to high, where I went to high school, what it was all about. My fun fact all of the time is that I, you know, I was a, an extra in that movie. And you can actually see me. I'm in the, <laughs> the John Boyd pep rally scene. So, you know, I, I grew up in this small town. I had this desire to get out and do more. I was really fortunate to have a family that fully supported me and have a, a big brother that I could look up to that, that did that exact thing. So my brother went off to Cornell. My brother was a, a straight A student, like Mr. GHS. I had good grades. I wasn't a straight A student and not Mrs. GHS. I, I also played three sports and I, I enjoyed my time in high school, but I still had like big plans for what I wanted to do. So I wanted to be like my big brother. So, you know, I, I decided I was going to apply to Cornell, early decision. And when I told my chemistry teacher that I was doing that, she literally laughed in my face and she said, good luck. Yeah. And I was shocked because, you know, someone in her position should be, you know, encouraging and helping me, you know, realize and, and, and you know, become my best self. Instead, she laughed at me. So I went to Cornell and I interviewed and did the, the interview for school and and I got really good and positive reviews. And, you know, they were, you know, the person who I interviewed was like, yes, you're a shoe in. You're absolutely going to get in, especially applying early decision. I had, you know, legacy there. My brother was there. I had an internal referral from inside the hotel school, which is where I was applying. And a couple of days before Christmas, I got my rejection letter, not, not like referral not, or not waitlisted, none of that, just straight up rejection. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was crushed, absolutely crushed. And I remember my dad doing everything he could to try to lift my spirits. And, you know, something he said to me that really stuck out at that point was just like, this is part of your story. Like, this isn't where this ends. Like, this is part of your story. So mm -hmm. I took that, I took that to heart. And I don't think that the, the school knew who they were dealing with at the time, because what I did was I actually... Called, I emailed the dean of the of the hotel school at Cornell and, and actually asked to have a call with him. So it's funny, like full circle. I think about you know being in a sales role now and cold calling. But I asked this this guy to, to to tell me why I got rejected because I had you know I had good grades and average scores, but I crushed the interview and applied early. And and he told me he's like you know what Lindsay you you're coming from a public school in Texas and like your scores and your grades are not like good enough. Like you've got to be, you, you've got to be like, you know, turn it up a notch. But he did say, you know, if you reapply, go get, go somewhere else and get a, a 4.0, you'll get in no doubt. And so I took that like head on. And the great thing was that really worked out is I ended up getting a scholarship to run cross country for a year in New Hampshire at a small school and this this school actually had a hospitality program so I got everything to transfer over so I did exactly what they said like you know went to school 
focused on on just my studies and getting that that 4.0 and and ended up getting getting in yeah in- incredible it, it, you can you can kind of tell how the you know your your experience and, and and the passion that you have inside of you at the time even though you're probably didn't know what you wanted to really do with your life it kind of spills over to today i believe that more times than none if you are trying to work for something and you are passionate about it and you keep your head down and keep working at it eventually it will come it's kind of like the meme where you have two people kind of mining for diamonds mm-hmm. and one um, is kind of far away from that this huge diamond, but he's still going. And the other one's like a millimeter away and then just gives up. I don't know if you're familiar with that meme or not, but it's very, very similar. Like you want to yeah. be that person that just keeps going. Doesn't matter. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter, but keeps going. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like the people that doubted me too, and a lot of people, you know, like I said before, I was kind of following my brother and I was, I, I really looked up to him. He was a role model to me and yeah. still is to this day. And so I, I wanted to do that. And I had so many people, you know, kind of saying, Lindsay, you're not him. Like just, you know, go local, stay local, do this, do that. And it's just like, no, I'm, I, I wanted more. And also just realized, you know, that early on, if you, if you are truly passionate about doing something and yeah. you put in the work and you, and you're persistent and you stay focused on those things, like you absolutely can achieve them. What, at what point did you say, I want to, you know, move into leadership? What was that? There was that light bulb moment where you're like, okay, this is this is what I want to do. Great question. So I I I had such incredible leadership at Salesforce right out the gate, like from the beginning. And my leaders there made me want to be a leader. In fact, at Salesforce back then, the path was inside sales rep, BDR or you know SDR outbound, and then moving into an AE role. And then you would either choose, like you go and sell on this long path and you go into enterprise and, and all of that, or you go into leadership. And after my first role at Salesforce, I had decided then like, that was what I wanted to do. I definitely, I was, I wanted to be better because of my leaders. My leaders, I wanted them to feel a sense of pride when they spoke about me and wanted to do you know everything to to make them look good too it's funny because i this is a funny story i go back to when i first started at salesforce and keep in mind this was my first job in in tech sales we had a training and like our two-week onboarding and they brought in somebody who was in my role who was crushing it and they said you know this person is is a heavy hitter and she's been wildly successful and got promoted in, you know, faster, like nine months versus the 12 and, and all of this. And I went up to, after that session, I went up to my director and I told her like, I'm going to be a heavy hitter. So let's just like, just watch for it. Like I will be your heavy hitter this year. And I actually did get promoted in nine months. It's just, it's always something that <laughs> I laugh about and go back to and, and I'm, I'm reminded of. And it's like that kind of confidence too at, at 22, it's just like, when I have moments of this, like, you know, something else that is a constant kind of struggle of like imposter syndrome, like when you have moments like that, you go back and remember at 22, I did this and I said this and at 17, I did this. And it's like, that kind of stuff really like inspires me personally. Yeah. The the imposter syndrome is something that has come up a bunch of times in the, in these, in these episodes. It's something that is very, very real. Something that I don't know if it's unfortunate if you understand that you can you can kind of step away from it or understand that everybody has it 
And then it's like, okay, everybody feels it. That means I'm not alone. And it also means mm -hmm. that if everybody feels it and even incredibly successful people, like I've, I, you know, I've had some, a few that have, that have felt it in the past and they're incredibly successful. Like I'm looking at them. You felt like you had imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just something that if everybody needs to realize that it exists and just understand that everybody feels it and then just keep moving forward. 90% of businesses fail, 10% don't. Here's why. Plans fail when you don't have the right systems and software in place. This is why we built Align, a strategic growth management software that allows you to share real-time updates and eliminate miscommunication. Align is an easy-to-use, cloud-based software with features like daily huddles, KPI dashboards, software integrations, and so much more. You can see your company's priorities, critical numbers, goals, and tasks while holding everyone accountable. And all this in the palm of your hand with our mobile app. So what are your next steps? It's simple. Learn more about Align by requesting a demo at aligntoday.com. Let us make sure we land you in that 10%. Align, achieve big goals faster. Again, yeah. same, same, same motif here of, of just keep moving forward. Keep bringing your head down. Yeah. Keep doing the work. Yeah. I, I love that. Something I try to remember too, easier said than done. But, you know, my parents were like always so supportive and pushing me to be the best. And, and so like I have great stories from each of them. My mom always said to me, like, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And so at that, like when I even stop to say that again, when I start having these moments of like imposter syndrome, like I have to remember, like I deserve a seat where I am. Like, yes, I, I got here for a reason, but it's really internal. Like whether or not I believe it and I think it is, is going to be the answer. But you're right. Like everybody experiences this. I think everyone really is trying to figure out what they're doing. I don't think that anyone has it nailed down. And that's kind of the beauty of it too, right? Because that's how we grow. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. You, you touched a little bit on how you, the leaders that you were with helped you become the leader that you are right now. What do you think based off of that? What do you think makes a good leader? Yeah. So that's, that's a, it's, it's, there's, first of all, let me like take a step back to, I feel like the, the past couple of years have really helped to, to make that more clear, right? There's been so much going on. And I would say like my number one thing first is like being, being empathetic, like knowing and being able to share the feelings and situations that might be challenging with your team being able to really relate and be in their shoes. And I think this is one of the great things about having, you know, grown up and, and done this role before is like, I've been able to do that, be, been in their seat before, but then also like when they're, when they're going through personal challenges, like being able to really like share those with them. I've had, you know, my fair share of, of personal challenges over the past few years. And, you know, I, when I think about like some of my best leaders too, they're the ones that, that were really there for me and, and made me feel supported. Mm -hmm. So that, and I think, um, you know, especially like right now, you know, being like positive and having a positive mindset. I joke and talk about Ted Lasso a lot. And I, I posted recently that my husband and I were Lasso and Beard for Halloween. But I mean, it, there's, there's so much to be like thankful for and positive about regardless of the situation. You know, this was something I tried to remind my team before is like, you have like, you're in a great 
role. Like there are so many people that would kill to have your job. And yes, like today may not be better, but tomorrow will be. And it's just like staying positive regardless of what is thrown at you. Because again, it's always back to mindset. You can take a really terrible situation and like really kind of dissolve or you can lean into it and then grow as a result. So staying positive and being you know positive with your team, even though there are things that are you know, going on that are outside of our control. I think that's like one of the biggest things too, and and really just kind of controlling the controllables. And and I think, you know, another thing that I've really come to appreciate and I think makes an important leader is really just being, kind of go back, going back to being empathetic is like transparent, honest, and, and human. There are, you know, I feel like the best conversations I've had with directs in the past are just like stating like here's where we are this is what we need to do to change this trajectory and i see like the fire that that lights up in somebody because i know that that's what i want to i don't want the the you know the compliment or the feedback sandwich like don't give me a a compliment tell me the bad like be direct be honest it's i love the the radical candor you know like just be like challenge or yeah challenge personally, care directly or care, care personally, challenge directly. Like just be honest, let them know, like, here's what I'm observing. Here's where I think you can change to fix this and I mean, and move forward, but there's no reason to sugarcoat anything. Do, do you think that this is here? I'm going to, I'm going to give you my, 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 my outlook on this. So I wanted to ask you about nature versus nurture. Do you think that somebody who isn't necessarily a leader can become a leader and the way I see it is somebody, you don't necessarily have to be a born leader, although there are some characteristics that you do need to have to be a leader. And on top of that, it depends what kind of culture you want in your company. Mm-hmm. And if the kind of company, and, and if even the work that you're in fits the kind of culture you want in the company, because, for example, somebody that works in the in the fintech space needs to have a certain personality versus somebody who works in the IT space who wants to be a leader in the IT space. You need a specific, you know, a different type of personality, and the type of interactions you have with your employees or with your team is a little bit different. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it back at you. Do you do you feel that you're born a leader, or is it possible to also become one, even though you might necessarily be one? So my immediate gut response to this is that they're born. I say this because like my dad was Marine, like he was, you know, a captain of the Marine, like leader. He also was a, in pharma sales and became, both my parents were in pharma sales and became a high rank there as well. I was, you know, I, I, they raised me. I also have in my parent-teacher conferences, heard from both of my children, one who's seven and one who's five. Teachers have said, like, they follow them. The class follows them. They're a helper. They're a leader. Like, they set the tone for what we're doing. And that brings me so much joy, number one. Number two, like, I do think that there's something to be said for that. I think it's, I I do think that they're, um, they're, they're, born that way. I think, you know, in some capacity, they, they can become leaders, but I also look at my past reps that have moved into leadership and there are common themes that they did without even being asked. 
to set the tone for that, to put mm-hmm. them in that position, to mm-hmm. be that point person that everybody went to, to ask for, you know, advice or, or kind of share best practices with and that kind of thing. They did that on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't like I went to them and said, Hey, can you please start doing this? They just did it. And I think this is always something too, when I've had reps say like, how do I get into leadership? How do I do this? And it's like, lead from the front, right? Like you've got to be doing these things without being asked. And yes, like it's still part of, you know, you still have to do your core job, but doing these things sets you apart and helps you to be that person that everyone's going to automatically point to and say, they should, they should be a leader. I think there are about one or two of my former people that were, that I was, I was responsible for where I really wanted them. I really thought that they, they deserved to go up in rank, but they just didn't want to. Mm -hmm. And they really should have. And, and I think the other day, one of, one of my content writers from, from like six years ago, seven years ago, who she was incredible, Jasmine. And I've always, I, I, I always wanted to get her like in a more content, like a management role, mm-hmm. just because I, I knew what she was capable of doing. And I knew that she was one of the, one of the people that led by example. Right. And only like now she's finally stepped into that role. And I'm like, what took you so long? I, I see where you're coming from when it comes to being born that way. But sometimes you don't even know it. Right. There's, right. there's, there's different types of leaders. There's the, there's the extrovert leader, which, you know, is sometimes probably shouldn't in some situations, right. Where they think, you know, they deserve it. And there's ones that, that have that essence within them where people Mm -hmm. just follow them and they don't have to be at the front of the pack necessarily. Like, you know, they don't have to be the CEO for people to follow them. And I Mm -hmm. think that's a, it's, it's, it's something that people should take advice from others, even though they're probably doing the right thing, I guess. Jasmine did, did what she needed to do, I guess. You mentioned uh, about controlling the controllables. So what do you do with the uncontrollables? Do you just completely forget about them? Like what, what happens there? Good. Yeah. A good call. Out. I, I, I think there's a couple of things when, when there are this many, which there are a time today, so many things that are out of your control. Yeah. I think it's all about like taking a larger step back and saying, okay, how does this impact me moving forward? Like, is this going to make or break X, Y, Z that I'm working on? Mm-hmm. Because you're right. There, there are things that are always going to be, I mean, this is something that I've learned as a parent too. Like I can try to, to tell my yeah. children what to do and, and guide them. There, there are so many times where they're going to tell me, you know, they're not going to do that. And you know, like there are other things that are my control within, you know, parenting, but I think it's like, how, how much does this really impact what I'm trying to do today? Mm-hmm. Um, what is this, what does this mean in the long term? Mm-hmm. Can I, you know, fix like, so, you know, if you think about, you know, from a deal perspective, if, you know, you, you, let's say like, you've got somebody who has been your champion and then they leave, like, what have you been doing all along to make sure that, that them leaving doesn't have an impact on your long-term success for that deal? So like, mm-hmm. how much does whatever is happening that's out of your control impact what you're working on? And being able to kind of work through that. I think that, you know, just, and also just kind of like knowing that you're doing what you can to achieve whatever kind of goal or objective that you're trying to achieve. But 
asking yourself like in the bigger, you know, the grand scheme of things, like, does this really have an impact on what I'm trying to do here? Hey, C-Sweet and Sour listeners, it's Haley here from Align. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I just wanted to jump in with some exciting news. We have a new limited time promotion for listeners. You can get 10% off your first year of the Align software with the promo code NOTSOUR10. Align is a strategic planning and execution management software designed to help businesses achieve their goals faster. To get started, go to aligntoday.com demo and complete the form to book your demo today. Again, the code is NOTSOUR10. Now back to the episode. So I'm a, t- I'm a visual person too. So I like to, yeah. I'm like, I can have all of the note-taking apps and stuff and, you know, to-do lists, but I also like to really write things down and like write these things, writing the things out, I feel like also helps me to truly internalize it. Mm-hmm. Something that I did with my team a while back is like get, doing a, you know, a breakout session where we talked about basically these types of things, like here's what we know is going to happen next year. It's like the end of year kind of planning for the next year. Here's what we know we're going to have for the next year in terms of the goal. Here's what we know we already struggle with. Here are the things that we can do to get ahead of that now. Here's Mm -hmm. how we can kind of like control our own destiny before we ever get going. So just putting these things out and and really having the team also contribute to this. So this is not me telling them, right? This is like this us talking as a group about what we've observed and what we think we can do to, to change that and having everyone be a part of it too. Mm. I think it was really important because then, you know, I, I never want to be the person that is dictating. I am, you know, like I had mentioned before is like, I'm a, a collaborative person. I want people to be sharing and coming with new ideas because at the end of the day, you know, especially from a team a team and company perspective, we're after one goal and we should all be a part of what we're doing to get to that goal. Can you tell me about experience that you had where you, I mean, I don't know, something that you helped a coworker? Yeah. So I, you know, I had a, a moment where I, I, I was, you know, heavily involved in hiring. So hiring a lot of the team as we're building out the team, I had one scenario where I had a rep that I hired, but didn't like, didn't end up being on my team. This rep ended up going to another team and then with, you know, the way that things work with the territories and shifting and stuff, by the end of the year, this rep was back on my team. Okay. Um, this rep was struggling, which I was quite surprised by because I had seen so much potential in the interview process, just pure raw talent, you know, president's club year after year in previous roles and the, the mentality and the drive to really to be great. So when inheriting this rep, I was really surprised to, to, to hear and learn that they felt like they were struggling. And I, you know, really started to question across the, the, the team, like, how is this happening? How, how is this person struggling? You know, I had seen some things, but what I found even after a first couple of conversations with this particular rep is like, this rep just needed a little bit of guidance and a little bit of attention. And really sitting down coming up with a plan of how we can execute. And so what we did is we talked about goals and what this person wanted to do long-term and like where this person wanted to be. And like, I, I saw that fire again that I saw in the interviews. And so we put together a plan and I knew this person was capable of doing so much and being just like that top rep. And mm-hmm. so my goal, and this is what like I'm, 
I really love kind of like the underdog story. You know, this person who was at the bottom of the dashboards, like in the middle of the year, June, by the end of the year, ended up being the top rep. And it wasn't, you know, and, and there's nothing more satisfying than that happening and watching it unfold. And this all came from just like literally, you know, caring, like actually yeah. caring, putting in the time and listening and, and working on the, the things that they, they felt they were struggling with. And, and really just like, I mean, it was really just being a human and caring and, and wanting to see the best out of, of that person and, and really, you know, you know, again, not to draw the lasso, but empowering them to be the, the best versions of themselves. And yeah. it, it was awesome to watch. And I, I mean, then I was reminded again, I'm like, this is why I got into leadership. This is what drives me. And this person continues to get promoted and continues to crush it. And I still have a relationship with this rep and it's, it just like, it brings me so much joy to, to, to see that happen. Also just to kind of go back like this person was, you know, halfway down the leaderboard in June and closed the biggest deal on the team in history on December 22nd to put them over as a top rep and went on to be the top rep the following year too. So just like that kind of stuff with that, gives me chills. It drives me. It makes, this is why I'm in leadership. Amazing. We, you know, this, the, the episode, this, this podcast is called see sweet and sour. We talk about a lot of sweet stuff, but I, I we need to hear about the, the bad stuff so that we know not to do it. Anything personally or potentially things that you've seen happen in other companies where you're like, this is, this is not something you should be doing. Any, any, anything comes comes to mind. The biggest thing for me the, the biggest thing that comes to mind is just, it is like the honesty and transparency yeah. I've had, you know, and I, I, I think that the great thing is, and this is what builds us and makes us who we are past experiences where I was sold one thing to join and find out it was something totally different and mm-hmm. been given this idea that, you know, I have X amount of time to, do X amount of things and accomplish X amount of things. And then, you know, when push comes to shove and things get, get hectic, those, Mm -hmm. those promises sort of fall off, like, and they, they never happened. And if nothing else right now, we need to be human. We need to be honest and we need to be transparent, transparent. And I will commit to doing that, you know, forever based on my experiences that I've had, because there's nothing worse than feeling like you have a runway and you've got a plan in mind and you're chipping away to execute, to be, you know, kind of thrown off the wayside. So I, I think if I can leave one, one thing here, it would just be, be honest and be human at the end of the day. Like that's, that's really what matters. Not like, oh, you know, I, I achieved X, Y, like just you were, this leader was honest with me mm-hmm. and gave me feedback of things that I, I really need to work on. I think that's the other thing is if you're, if you're not doing that, how are you, how are you growing anyone? Yeah. So you've had a very, so until now, and I believe in the, in the future as well, you've, you've, you've had a very interesting career within a lot of, of, of amazing places. 
what 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 about you right now? How how is everything going? And 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 how's how's your mind? What is your mindset at right now? Yeah, so I left a job in January. I decided to take some time to myself to focus on my family and and me, which doesn't happen. This is the first break that I've had since I started working. And you know, I've been in the process of trying to to relocate my mom here, so working on some family things, but also like taking a, a massive step back and trying to figure out exactly what I want to do, what drives me, mm-hmm. and how I'm going to continue to grow from here. So something that you know I realized too is I've got a very you know specific background to date, you know, in sales and sales leadership. And, you know, I'm starting to think about what else can I do? How can I, you know, broaden my skill set and bring, you know, some of the things I've learned in the past to a different function within an organization to help grow. So I, you know, this has been the greatest break and, and kind of gift that I've had is just to really to, to take this time. Because one thing I realized is that I have been an absolute shell of a person for far too long. And that, you know, I, I unfortunately know from, you know, personal loss that, that life is very, very short. And if that, if we're operating kind of on, you know, in just like a ro- like we're robots and we're on autopilot forever, that it's not any way to live. So yeah, it, it's been, this has been a great opportunity for me to reset. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, say see taking time off as taboo, especially at leadership positions. What a lot of people may not understand is the weight that is on leadership. What, what, what's your, what would your answer be to those people that are saying that you know you should, you should be taking breaks? Oh gosh, where do <laughs> I begin? It's been the greatest thing. For example, you know, yesterday I I went to to volunteer. And to, for my son's field trip at the fire station, there is wow. nothing better than, than walking in and having him, when he sees me that I'm there to volunteer, his eyes lit up and he's so excited. And my daughter's asking when I'm going to come and have lunch with her. But, and this is you know obviously personal to me, but whatever yeah. it is for you, whether it be like, you know, really leaning into a new hobby or something like that. This is so important. And I'll tell you, you know, candidly, I know we had talked about this before too. Like I was a bit nervous to put down on my LinkedIn, the career break, but first like shout out to LinkedIn for actually adding that because like there's so much value to this and Mm -hmm. I'm realizing, and I've been connecting to a lot of people that are in the same boat and, and really kind of questioning everything. And I think it's, it's good. It's, it's how we grow. So if there's anyone who's even thinking about this, like I'm happy to discuss uh, what I've learned in the time that, that I've taken off, but I would, I would just absolutely encourage it as, as much as I can. I think that it's been really, really great and just impactful for me, both personally and professionally. Amazing. What's next for you now though? I've got some things coming up, TBD, but really, sure. like I mentioned before, kind of, you know, thinking about how I can use what I've learned in my experiences to to help grow other organizations, but more to come there. All right. We're, we're reaching the end now. And there's always a question I like asking 
if you could go back in time and and tell yourself something, let's just say five, 10 years from five, 10 years from now, there's one thing you tell yourself to make it probably easier for you to move, like do what you're doing right now. What would that be? Be confident in yourself and who you are and that, and also trust your gut. There's so much. I think that's probably, probably the biggest one there is that, I look back at some of my past experiences and I actually remember points where I said, that's a little bit weird. And I don't know if I'm, I'm all in on that, but chose to ignore some of these, these red flags. And at the end of the day, you in your heart, like, you know, what's best and like, you know, better than anyone else. So trust your gut, be confident and, you know, don't overthink things. The, the the sentence or the, the metaphor is perfection is the enemy of getting things done. I'm pretty sure that's not exactly how it's said, but I, I think uh, everybody understands yeah. what I'm talking about here. Overthinking means you kind of want to make it perfect. Well, Lindsay, I, I, I want to thank you once again uh, and, hope you, and I hope everybody who's listening enjoy this episode of Sea Sweet and Sour. If you found anything particularly interesting that you feel your colleagues may enjoy, don't be shy. Sharing is caring. I'd like to remind everyone as well that we have a limited promo code, 10% off your first year of Align. The code is NOTSOUR10. You go to aligntoday.com slash demo and be sure to stay tuned and sign up for notifications on, our, on your favorite podcast platform or on Align Today slash podcasts. We have a pretty nice playlist with some incredible leaders. I will let you check it out yourself because if I start saying everybody, it's going to take me forever. Lindsay, once again, thank you so much. And as I always say at the end, let's get shit done. Yes. Bye-bye. Let's do it.